0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, there are barriers to mental health care because of accessibility, cost, race. Former Steeler, Forever Pittsburgher, Ryan Mundy, gets this. The Super Bowl champion has gone through his own mental health journey, and now he's created a tech platform aimed at the mental health of the Black community. It's Tuesday, July 5th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So football is everything to a lot of people here in Pittsburgh. And you grew up here playing football in like in high school and college. You found professional success. But did you ever like think about a life outside of that once football was over?
1: Yeah, I thought about a life outside of football before football was over i think if you're thinking about it once football is over then that's probably too late in my scenario i thought about it before i was playing football and it was still challenging yeah uh, so i can only imagine if you're not preparing for that inevitable day of which we all face and and have to no longer be in quote athlete uh, particularly in the sport of football because football is not like basketball where you could go to la fitness and play a pickup game or go to your neighborhood park and play a pickup game, et cetera, or just kind of shoot around. Like football is a, a little bit different of a sport and commitment.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't run around tackling people for the rest of your life. That It becomes taboo after uh, in certain areas. Yeah. So now you started this company, um, also an app, Alchemy, that's focused on connecting Black people with mental health resources. What drove you to create this? Was it your own experiences? Was it experiences experience you saw in other people's lives?
1: It was both. Uh, my family was going through a laundry list of chronic conditions, just from a physical health standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, diabetes, Alzheimer's, uh, heart attack, stroke, you name it. Kind of saw it all in a very short period of time. I was in the world of startups, technology and entrepreneurship. And I see a lot of ideas coming to life. I see money flowing to finance startups to, to bring something beautiful into the world. And I didn't see anybody doing anything specifically as it relates to that trajectory of uh, black health in this country. And I said, well, I got personal experience, direct personal experience. My family's going through these issues. I know how to do X, Y, and Z from an entrepreneurship startup standpoint. This is something that I need to bring into the world and just got started.
0: So let's step back and talk about your own personal experience. How was it for you finding mental health support or really finding a therapist when you needed one?
1: It was hard. Um, Even with resources, money, access, et cetera, it's difficult to find good mental health support as a black man. Right. And I knew how to take care of my knee, my shoulder, all my physical ailments. But like when it came to emotional or mental health support, you know, tough sledding.
0: What made it what made it like so difficult for you finding that support that you felt like you needed?
1: First, you don't know what you're looking for. That could be me, that could be anybody. Like we don't, there's a huge education gap as it relates to mental health and understanding like one, what's going on with you, but then two, finding the right person that could help you solve your problems, right? Like we just don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And even when we say in therapy, there's a whole bunch of different types of therapists out there. You know, there's licensed clinical social workers, Mm -hmm. you know, there's actual like uh, psychiatrists. There's a lot of different designations out into the out in the world and we always we don't have context on like who who i should see for what and education i think is a is a barrier for us all and that showed up for me as well
0: and and by us you mean like in the black community or you just mean uh, us as americans in general it's difficult for us to have access to mental health
1: i think all these access barriers face all americans but they're particularly compounded for the black community Um, And that's why I I do what I do is because like, where's the greatest need?
0: Right.
1: Um, And so like, yeah, as an everyday American, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what that means. But particularly as a as a black American, I don't know what I'm looking for. And I'm trying to find somebody who can relate to me on the same level. Like, good luck. I can't afford these things. Right. Like therapy is very expensive, time consuming, geographic constraints. There's a lot of barriers that everyday Americans face. Yeah. But again, they are very compounded. If they're if they're bad barriers for everyday Americans, then imagine, you know, the impact that's going on in the black community.
0: I I had an experience trying to find a black uh, mental health professional. And when she took my call for like our first session, she was in the backseat of her car, like moving. So I just found it unprofessional Um, and there aren't that many here. So
1: yeah, that's why I make content because there ain't that many. Therapists are overworked and underpaid. So like, how do you meet this growing demand? right? Like you use your personal experience, right? Like you tried to find a black therapist. Yeah. Didn't like that experience, right? Why? I don't know what she had going on that day, but she was probably overworked and underpaid, but she tried to figure out how she can help, right? Like therapists in our community are doing the work on a daily basis, but there's just quite frankly, not enough of them. And as you know, through the craziness that we've lived through over the last two and a half years, the demand has (laughs) shot through the roof. And so there's a massive supply and demand imbalance. So like when people ask me, like, are you going to connect people to in person I'm like yeah I would love to but the reality is we started the way, where we started is because there just quite frankly isn't enough
0: yeah what services does Alchemy offer
1: yeah right now so we are a digital wellness company uh specifically delivering content that shows up in the form of video therapy programs hmm. uh, which we call labs and so those if you're familiar with the platform Masterclass, you could think about our content being like Masterclass type content, okay. in which we work with experts across different subject matter expertise, being black in black and workplace, generational trauma, you name it. We create video therapy programs with them. We also make uh, meditations and mindfulness practices, breathwork exercises, et cetera, that show up in audio format. Those are called waves. And in uh, the last piece of our platform, we just live stream any and every type of wellness content. Could be a lab, could be a wave, could be yoga, could be a group discussion, pretty much everything, but it shows up in a live stream format.
0: You mentioned some of the chronic conditions your family members are dealing with. Do you think Alchemy is gonna expand to um, like general health issues as well as outside of you know mental health for the black community?
1: I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a huge opportunity for us to do uh, a lot of different things. I just had to figure out what's the right starting point. Cause when we look at the healthcare system as a whole, like there's a lot of discrepancies that create, you know, imbalance in, in care and lead to a lot of the uh, outsized risk.
0: And do you see your platform as something that's just for the black community?
1: Yes, we're focused on the black community, right? And we designed our platform uh, to meet the needs of the black community, but we are not black exclusive. Um, And I think that's always really important for me to at least acknowledge or talk about because I get a lot of questions around it. Um, But the reality is, is that, like, you know, what's good for Black people is good for all people. And the way that we've designed the platform is that, like, look, if you find yourself in a story or a narrative around like generational trauma, being a minority in the workplace, or just generally dealing with anxiety or depression, you just like the way that we talk about it better than other platforms, that's cool too. Um, But the reality is, is that like, you know, we're always going to be focused in designing like our products around the black experience with the confidence and belief that like they are universal issues and they can meet the needs of people from all different races, ethnicities and backgrounds.
0: Yeah, it is wild to think that like. People that play a professional sport you only have but so many years and then you end up retiring at like 30 something which if I if I had to retire today I don't know what I would do uh, with the rest of my time but you really didn't have to get into anything else you you could have you could have been like I'm gonna take this money and and go travel for the rest of my life like you could have done anything really yeah so what 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 fueled you to now get into what you're doing today
1: you know, I tell people like, yeah, like money is, is great, but it doesn't doesn't solve all your, it doesn't like fulfill you, right? It just provides you with an opportunity to do things that uh, you would like to do and explore and learn, but it doesn't mean, it's not an automatic box checker for fulfillment. Uh, let's yeah. put it that way. And, you know, just kind of living a life of leisure was not something that I wanted to do. I wanted to like find my new challenge, like what lights my fire on a daily basis. I didn't want to just kind of laissez-faire through life and play golf and just relax. Like, it gets old and gets boring.
0: Yeah. Uh, I needed a new challenge. (laughs) Yeah, it does.
1: I I mean, I think in moderation, like, it's cool. But if if I'm doing that every day, like, that's not for me. And maybe for somebody else, right? And that's, I think, the really important thing, too, is, like, finding what works for you. And so I was like, look, there's a lot of work for me to do here and find my next mountain to climb. Uh, Just like I climbed a mountain to play professional athletics, I was looking for a similar challenge. Like, look, what's another, like, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal that I can go after?
0: And so you took on mental health in the Black community.
1: Right. Like, that's a big one. That's probably a bigger one than making it to the NFL.
0: Yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Pittsburgh and spreading the word about alchemy.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: A little more news before you go, Pennsylvania's Republican-led Senate passed two bills that critics are calling a form of censorship. One bans classroom instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation for pre-K through fifth grade students. It kind of resembles the don't say gay law that just went into effect in Florida. The lawmakers behind these bills say they'll empower parents to make decisions about their kids' educations, but others see them as an attack on LGBTQ people. Governor Tom Wolf will likely veto them if they make it through the House. And as we roll into July, it's worth noting that Pittsburgh had a very dry June. We've only had nine rainy days. That's the least in a decade. And it's so weird to complain about it being so nice, but it's been so sunny out. It's been beautiful, but we need some rain. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm talking about boogers.